Bienvenue, French Football Weekly podcast is back in your ears. Good afternoon, everybody. I hope you are well. My name is Chris and I am your host, as always. Liga is back. We're delighted. We're very happy. I was actually thinking to myself earlier on today that when we recorded last week's show, which if you haven't listened to, of course, was as excellent as usual, um, we didn't even give any mention to the uh, French Charity Shield, if you will. Um, because no one really cared, really, to be perfectly honest. So this week we are going to do a little bit of focus on, on PSG, of course. But we're also going to start to develop a slightly different format to the show this season, this pod, in that we're just going to kind of uh, group some teams together, put a focus on specific events or incidents or talking points of the weekend. And we are going to shine the spotlight on some teams that are a bit less fashionable rather than just always talking about the teams at the top. So uh, with that being said, we are going to start at the top. But of course, I need to introduce some people to talk to me in the process of doing so. So, Phil, good evening to you, first of all. How's uh, I hear it's quite warm in France at the moment. Yeah, I am melting. Hi. Hello, hello. And uh, Jez, you are also, I'm sure, melting in uh, the nation's capital or just outside. Um, it's quite hot in the UK as well, isn't it? I thought summer was done two weeks ago, but we're back again. We're, we're going again. Um, yeah, it's, it's lovely. It's very nice. Mm. I'm not complaining, I should add. Uh, I'm not doing that classic thing of British person shouts at sky when there's either clouds or sunshine and nothing <laughs> in between. But uh, anyway, <laughs> enough about the weather. Uh, let's crack on. So rather than reading down the results, we shall pick and choose as we go. And Phil, I'm going to start with you because we, having just said we don't want to talk about the top, we are naturally going to have to talk a little bit of PSG because they were quite impressive on the opening uh, game of the season. They didn't start the weekend. They were the, uh, the sort of third match of uh, of the three early ones to get underway. They were the evening game on Saturday. Ran out a 5-0 victor over Claremont. Poor old Claremont will be just ticking this one and saying, well, that's that yeah. one out the way. Um, but the, the focus, I think it would be fair to say in this particular game, was the relationship and the harmony of not just Messi and Neymar, who had a lovely old time, but just the team in general, it's this 3-4-1-2 yeah. and, and Galtier seems happy and tanned and everybody seems rather smiley. It's quite un, quite unusual to like PSG, isn't it? Yeah, they did look more organised than usual. And as you said, the, the uh, understanding between Neymar and Messi made a lot of difference. I... I mean, it was slightly unfortunate that uh, PSG were 3-0 up at half-time. And obviously, this is Clermont's opening game of the season. They had a, a techno duo on the uh, on the pitch for half-time. And I don't know who wanted to be there less, the fans or the techno duo. But it was... It was very interesting if you're a neutral and just looking at how PSG set up for there. You said three at the back. We had Nuno Mendes, the new guy at left wing back. Where left back has been a bit of an issue for PSG for a while now, but he was involved in a lot. And just having that balance of him and Hakimi on the, the two sides really uh, seemed to be much more penetrative than what's happened in the past. And Vitinha, 
also uh, with Ferrati in midfield was kind of impressive on his competitive debut. So we've all seen, I think, the uh, pictures of Messi's second goal with that wonderful bicycle kick. What I thought was interesting there was the speed he got up to break the the defensive line of Clermont was impressive because everybody says, oh, he just wanders around now. No, no, he can still run. And also, I think something that uh, kind of points up what might be changing with Galtier in charge is youth was subbed on. So we had Etiquette got a decent amount of time, but also 16-year-old Juan Zaire Emery, uh, I think got about 10 minutes at the end there. He, it looks like there's going to be more organisation, there's going to be more young players brought in. So this looks very promising. Now, obviously, they're playing Clermont. You aren't brilliant, but this was a much more interesting game featuring PSG than I think we are used to. So, yeah, that was a good start, an interesting start, and hopefully promise for Europe. Absolutely, that is the uh, the clear focus of the Parisians uh, and, and indeed their owners this season, that's for sure, as is always the case. Um, on Zaire Emery, uh, friend of the pod, Angus Tarod is, is a big fan. Um, if you want to get any more information on him, he is the person to ask because he's a big fan. Um, Parisian, born and bred, big things expected. But Jez, I guess I would ask you on, on this particular situation of, of PSG, I guess there's a couple of questions in, in one here, but how soon can we just get rid of Mbappe? Because we clearly don't need him. Pablo Sarabia is the answer at right wing. Um, I joke, of course, <laughs> but Mbappe was, uh, was I think it's fair to say, rested by uh, Gaultier, who after the game said, had it been a more... I, th- I think he was trying to be diplomatic a bit, but he essentially alluding that if it hadn't have been Clermont, he probably would have played Mbappe if it had been a big game. But they brought in Renato Sanchez this week, and I thought Fitinha was particularly good with 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 uh, Marco Verratti. And there's clearly quite a few players who've got to leave before they get a settled side. It is the key, in your opinion, the fact that Galtier is is remolding this this team. Or is it just purely because you've got a clearly fit and firing focused Messi, potentially dare I even say a fit and firing focused Neymar? Is it, is it about purely the Galtier regime or is it about these players actually going, we've kind of got to shut a few people up and actually do something this season? I think it's a mixture of all of them. I think I don't really think Messi's got anything to prove, but the fact that he's had a full pre-season, I think, is very important. Um, uh-huh. you know, I know that we don't see him run as often as he used to anymore, full stop. But last year was sort of, you know, quite marked how little he was doing. And um, uh, he definitely looks much fitter, much sharper, much happier than last year. Um, Neymar, I do think it's a case of maybe having to shut people up. As I, as I said last week, I think it's got to be a little bit galling for him that PSG have pretty much let it be known that they'll sell him if they get the right offer. And, that no offer has come in. Um, so I think he's got a little bit to prove. Um, 
you know, he's very much number three now in that triumvirate. And considering he he came to PSG to be the best player in the world, it's it's very much, uh, well, it hasn't really gone that way, obviously, for him. But then I think Galtier, I think it just, uh, it's sort of, maybe him coming in is sort of indicative of, of a slightly different way of doing things at, at PSG. And certainly the fact that we've seen a couple more youngsters. I mean, I want to see it over the long term because the last couple of seasons we've seen a couple of appearances here and there from you know the likes of Mishu and and Bichuabi and um can't remember who else but a couple of others um but yeah literally sort of minutes here and there and nothing more than that I think Zaire Emery maybe even got a little bit of time last year but um you know hopefully we'll see more of that and I think Vitinha is kind of a massive statement in it sounds ridiculous of a 40 million pounds 40 million euro player but you know he's not a huge name but this is the kind of player that i think you know in as you said a glorified friendly and a match albeit against clermont he's the player that i think has made a massive difference because he connects the midfield and the attack there's someone um beyond I guess Verratti, who's actually bothering to run, to go run mm-hmm. forwards, run back, actually just show a little bit of energy and in industry. And I think he's made a, a huge difference supporting the attack. There was a very, very good article in, in Lekeep about PSG's tactics against Clermont. And they said that actually a lot, they showed a lot of stills to show that a lot of the time, as Messi and Neymar would drop back to receive the ball, Vitinha would be the most forward positioned player and even if he wasn't receiving the ball he was taking players away from Messi and giving him space to run so I think you know I think a lot of it we have to give Gautier credit so far especially because he's done it with three at the back which is very much not his sort of modus operandi throughout his coaching career but I think it's more a statement of bringing in a Gautier rather than a stellar international name and bringing in players like Vitinha rather than absolute superstars and maybe just giving a little bit more prominence to those kinds of players and coaches and everything. But everything you said about Mbappe is true as well. And it was also noted in L'Equipe, you know, Sarab- Sarabia was was willing to, basically when PSG didn't have the ball, he would drop back and sort of make the midfield into, he and Vitinha would drop back and make it a midfield four. And then Neymar even did a little bit of defending and Messi didn't have to do any. Um, it, when Ekitike came on, he was willing to do that sort of sacrificial role. Kalimwendo against Nantes in the Charity Shields or um, Trophée de Champion was willing to do that as well. That's all very well. But when you've got Nessi, Messi, Neymar and Mbappe, will whoever it is, presumably either Neymar or Mbappe, will they be willing to effectively completely sacrifice themselves as attacking players to keep dropping back as a midfielder whenever they don't have the ball. So I think that that's a challenge that Gautier faces um, in the near future. But absolutely, two matches so far, or is it nine, ten goals? You, you can't really complain with, with what they've done so far. No, no, exactly that. And, and I mean, for Claremont, like I said, at the, at, from the off, I mean, there will be other days for them. I don't think they'll have looked at this game and thought, hey, we'll be fine here. Mm. And maybe they wouldn't have taken a 5 0 if you'd have offered. But I think if you'd have said, well, you'll lose a, a sort of decently fought game to PSG, it's not the end of the world. This is not their cup final. This is not their their game where they're going to judge uh, their season. That's for sure. I mean, as, as good as 
PSG were, like some of the defending was was not oh, oh, like yeah. First I mean, half. I mean there wasn't much they could do about Messi's two in the second half, but no. yeah, it, there was it, some some issues on the Marquinhos header, it was like it's always a completely wide open, wasn't it? It's almost yeah. like they expected Neymar to shoot and therefore left everybody free. And yeah. the Hakimi goal, don't get it wrong, brilliant move back to front. Lovely terrific finish. finish. But yeah. Really shouldn't have been in the place to do that finish. If no. You know what I mean? Near post, former PSG goalkeeper, maybe having a look at himself for that particular one. And... The first goal, mm. I thought. Lekip did um, Messi a misservice on that disservice because their description of the goal was that the cross came in, Messi was a bit short, but it came to Neymar who controlled and scored. Mm. I think that little touch by Messi was absolute genius. 100% agree with you. As soon as I saw that, because I, I was doing that thing where I was kind of watching, um, I was trying to do some work whilst watching at the same time. It was a bit of a kind of multitask situation for me. And... Um, it was one of those, in fact, actually, it was in delay because I just got off the boat. So, yeah, in fact, it was like midnight at night. Anyway, I digress. It was after the fact that I was watching this this in, in delay. And I did kind of look up when they said, oh, a little bit of an error or whatever the line was in the UK commentary. And I watched it back. I was like, no, nah. Messi just doesn't make those sort of quote unquote errors, does he? There's always, there's always a, a deliberacy about it. And that just, it was the weight of touch. That's what got me. Um, a player of lesser ability, I think, would have just shinned it and it bounces into the path fight. But no, that I agree with you, Jez. I thought that was very intentional. Um, he's not bad, that messy chap, to be fair. I wouldn't, wouldn't doubt it. Um, I don't, but, but I don't think even that last goal everyone's raving about, mm. I don't think it was anywhere near the best goal in Ligue 1 this weekend. Interesting. I'm a bit intrigued to know which one was. We may well come on to that shortly. Let's um, sure have Phil, a look. Phil will have an opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally think it might have been in that certain game that we will come on to in, in the group in a second. But I want to have a look at kind of the, the review of the, the overall riders and or runners and riders. Um, and I'll group a few of these together. Leon got the, the season underway in Liga with a 2-1 victory over Ajaccio. That doesn't even begin to tell the full story. Lacazette uh, scoring on his return to the club and also assisting Tete for the opener. Tom and Mangani uh, knocked away a penalty after Anthony Lopez had seen red for Schumachering the forward. Um, it was not a good challenge. And Roman Hamuma also sent off on debut for two yellows. We saw Monaco beat Strasbourg by two goals to one. Uh, Kepren Diata returning from injury to score a lovely strike, actually, to be fair to him. Diop cleaning up uh, for the second and Diao getting one back for Strasbourg. So good that good win that for Monaco, whose season, because we already know, is underway in Europe. And then two other clubs to rope into this particular batch. Marseille won 4-1 against Rams on Sunday night. And then goal from Feiss, um, Nuno Tavares scoring on his debut for Marseille on loan from Arsenal. Luis Suarez, not that one, the Colombian one from uh, La Liga, getting two goals on as a sub as well before following Balogun, also on loan from Arsenal, scored on his Rams debut to, uh, to cut the deficit. And another 4-1 for Lille over Osea. A couple of goals for Jonathan David. Uh, Benjamin Andre, of all people, scoring in the opening minute from, from distant Zadadka on his debut. And, of course, Gaetan Chabonnier found time to notch on his return to Liga because that's what he yeah. does. That was, that well. was, um, was. Pellier Histoire, I think. Cabello got two assists, I think. Yeah. 
obviously Shaba. So much as I miss Lolcat <laughs> and obviously his uh, turning up at Montpellier last season was more to do with the whole Russian situation than anything else. It's good that he's back and firing and that looked like a really good sense of uh, understanding between him and David and the rest of the 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 Lille team. Mm. That, that, I, I guess put that put that through. I mean, I know they are newly promoted, etc. But Lille did look very organised and very dynamic in their in their attack on that. You kind of read my mind then, because I guess my first question to you in in that group was of the four uh, quote unquote challengers, if we're going to say challengers, because I think we all agree PSG are probably going to win this league. But if we said challengers or European contenders, was it Lille that stood out for you of of that batch? Because I know a few people have looked at Marseille and sort of. Oh, thought, I thought yes, Mar- Marseille looked looked good. The I think it was the. Um, in interaction for the Suarez goals, yeah, that were impressed me. It wasn't here's our new star, he's gonna fire off. It was a team, there were team goals, and mm. I think that looks very useful. Um, obviously, Vera too, I think, came on at the end of that game. There's been a lot of toing and froing about whether that's a good idea, but. Overall, in footballing terms, leaving aside the off the pitch stuff, um, that's probably a good move. So we will see. But yeah, I think um, Marseille um, and Lille both looked impressive. Lyon, it's like I think a lot of people are making jokes that Lopez has finally been done for something he does a lot. Uh, so we will see. we will see how that pans out. But um, surprised yeah. to learn, Lopez is only his second red card in since he he's been at Leon. Which uh, listened to a couple of people say that they were quite surprised by by yeah. that because he, he is quite erratic. He, he takes chances. He does tend to sprint out of his box and white people out more or less intentionally and so that's something that you know I think uh, as I say a couple of neutrals were uh, chuckling that he'd finally uh, got a red for that rather than um, just having it waved away yeah and and his replacement, uh, Rio, who came off the bench, um, made a really good save, to be fair to him as well, when it went to 2-1. So it could easily have gone the opposite way. Um, what what what's your kind of views on on this sort of batch of teams, Jez? What stood out to you of, of the performances? It's, it's nice to see Leon start with a win, but, you know, you just know with Leon, don't you? You know Leon are going to Leon. And, and there, I think Lacazette came out of the game and, I think he was talking to to the press in France and saying that they were scared to lose, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Monaco winning away at Strasbourg is obviously a good result for them given the week they've had. And then we've mentioned Lille and Marseille. Was there 
a particular sort of incident or occurrence in those games where you thought, oh, there's, there's a team here that may be a really impressive? The risk of just going back to my sort of eon ways very early in the season wasn't particularly impressed with any of them. I mean, I think Marseille and Lille both did their jobs extremely efficiently, but again, I think they were facing a pretty awful defences in both cases. And and you know, I I love I love Oxair. I love I don't know Oxair. I love Fouquelon. I love him with his backwards cap sitting there, wondering what the hell had hit them. But uh, you know, two 0 down after three minutes is not an ideal start to your return to Ligue 1. And after that, I think they're fighting a losing battle and and did well to an extent to sort of limit it, although, again, still bad defending to to, to concede two more. Um, Marseille, similarly, I, I just, I thought Haas looked pretty underwhelming. I think that they're going to, I don't think they're going to struggle this year, but I think they've got sort of big transition, as well as quite a few injuries at the moment. It's quite a big change in, in playing squad and there's a lot of youngsters there. So if they don't struggle, I think, at the very least, it's going to take them a while to sort of get their act together. So, um, very good time to play them. Although, you know, Marseille, like Lille, did what they needed to do extremely well. Um, Monaco, I think on paper, is probably the most impressive result. Um, I didn't see enough of it, to be honest. Although, you know, they almost got sort of pegged back from tuning up um, quite late on. So, sort of, that could have gone a different way as well. And then Lyon, I'm not, I think some of the things about Lopez have been a little bit overdone. There's been a couple he's got away with, a couple I think people have been unfair to him. But um, this one, bang to rights, he should have been sent off quite rightly. I, I, If I was a Jaxio, I'd be a lot more pissed off about, I think there was a hint of offside to Lyon's first goal, as lovely a move as it was. And... I don't think it was a penalty. I think the Lyon, uh, I think Tete fouled the defender first. So I think Ajaxio were arguably a little bit hard done by there. Um, mm. And Lyon, I suppose you can look at it either way, you know, from 2-0 up against against Ajaxio to, to struggling to hold on to their win is not great, but you could say, well, past Lyons wouldn't even have held on to the win. So at least they've started with a win and maybe can push on from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. I think it's it's sometimes it is about just getting off to the best start, however the result comes. And and there's there's two other clubs that I would just sort of put the attention on in this particular segment. Um, Phil, I'll ask you on these two, and uh, those being Nantes and Nice, because neither got off to a winning start. Um, uh, in, especially, I mean, not Nantes nil nil. Come on, we had 34 goals across the mm. game. We had one, two, five, five goal thrillers. The one goalless draw of the weekend step up to the plate. Oh, yeah, this is not. I, but to be, fair, to be fair, there was some really good goalkeeping. Mm, yeah, and, Lafont. Uh, Lafont uh, pulled up some great saves. Bernardoni looked kind of more organised than we've seen him in the past, although he was saved by a defender clearing off the line at one point. So, yeah, you don't really know 
about them, as it were, uh, yet to see how that's going to pan out. But was it Nice, the other one you mentioned? Yeah, Nice, nice drew two all with, with Toulouse. Uh, Dalinga got one the other for Toulouse. Uh, sorry, one all. Sorry. And I think... I. I think Chris is mostly mentioning this because 77th minute Aaron Ramsey is subbed on, 78th minute Ramsey is the equaliser. He's worth a mention. He is now very popular on the South Coast. But that's it. That that wasn't so much my reason for the mention, although it is nice to see him, you know, getting off to a good start. Absolutely, but it was more that that a lot is expected of Nice. They have they have made you know some fairly good signings. Casper Schmeichel didn't make this particular game, but just just with the Ineos project and everything that goes with it. Okay, yes, you know, Favre has come back. His new manager is going to take time, etc. But and and Toulouse were really good. I have to say, like they they really did outperform what I expected in this particular game. But it's just that element of Nice going. You compare them to like, for example, Lens getting off to a win against Brest. They were three 0 up um, through so took a hat trick of all of all things before they conceded two Mr. late goals. Penalty as well. And Mr. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Mr. Penn as well. That third goal, by the way, was delicious. Um, Belkebra and Castillo pulled two goals back for Brest and in the end it's a bit of a hang on but I just looked at the results across the weekend and I just thought Nice stood out as a team where you'd go ooh they toiled a bit and, and Toulouse will probably look at that and think well, we, we could have got something out of it so it's just just that element of slight surprise I thought in that Nice didn't come out roaring but I don't know maybe, maybe I'm being harsh I think Any they've point? lost a lot of not firepower. They've lost a lot of point. And so away from home, you know, we look at the um, promoted teams. Toulouse were the only ones who were at home. And obviously they're going to be going for it big time. So I think Nice should be thanking the lucky stars that they bought Ramsey in that case. I think he will prove to be a good signing, to be fair. I do, I do think he will. Um, and yeah, I just uh, I think there's a bit, I think there's quite a lot of business to be done at Nice before the end of the window. And speaking of which, uh, I have to uh, come to you, Jez, on, on a certain derby on Sunday because, you know, I have to. Um, but more. Let's, let's obviously get the fact that Lorient won away at Ren out of the way because um, I'm delighted with that. And it was a slightly fortuitous own goal that, that got the winning uh, or got the got the winner in the end. Uh, it was somebody used the, the line of uh, it went from a theatre of dreams to a, a theatre of nightmares, which I thought was brilliant. Um, but yeah, on his debut, Tietz putting through his own net. Is the biggest story here, though, Ren? And I would love to sit here and, and talk about Lorient. Of course I would. And I'm delighted with the win. But that's quite a that's quite a shock to the system to start the season. You mentioned it last week. They've still got that front three. Is is the next couple of weeks key for Ren in terms of who they hang on to and how they bounce back from this? Because it, it will be a bit of a shock to lose at home to a rival, albeit a rival further down the table. Yeah, I mean, I, you'll know. Well, no, sorry, you won't necessarily know, but you'll only know from the Lorient point of view. But I, I might be completely wrong. I get the feeling that that Ren have got quite a patchy record against um 
local rivals. Mm. It seems a little bit up and down. They seem to do quite well against Nantes, but not necessarily against the, the teams that you'd expect them to win against. So, you know, it's one match. It happens. I was very shocked. I thought, you know, on paper, Ren had one of the sort of easiest starts, no offence, to the to the season. And, and you know, Lorient's a new manager as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think Ren, I mean, it has gone very quiet. There's still like a few rumours about Terrier, but it's gone relatively quiet. I haven't heard anything about Laborde. I haven't heard anything for a while about um, Bourguignon. And um, the weird one is that the one I've heard more recently is Newcastle with um, Suleimana, who yeah, showed flashes last year, but I'm not sure he did much to earn a, a big move to the Premier League. And, you know, it might be fun to watch going forward, but I'm glad I don't support a team that would have Suleimana and Sam Aximan, at least one of them having to do a bit of defensive work. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think for Ren, probably more than other teams, they're probably sort of counting down the days until until the, the transfer window ends and they know they can take stock and, and sort of work out exactly who they've got. But, um, you know, defensively, yeah, the goal came from an own goal and from from one of their their new players, and that's the area where they'll they'll need to sort of settle a little bit. They've lost sort of a half or two thirds of uh, three quarters of of their their back line. They've obviously got a new goalkeeper. At least yesterday, Mondanda started anyway. So the defense needs to sort itself out. And considering you know maybe just the one freakish own goal was was a little bit unlucky, but he, you know. Even that being the case, you would have thought that that Ren's forward players would have had enough about them to to at least secure a draw, but uh, just goes that way sometimes. Yeah, certainly does, and and I do I do want to give credit or some credit to Roger Libris, who is um, who is the new the new Laura manager, former player um, from from back in the day, and you, you couldn't ask for a better start than that. But I would say of all the performances, that the one thing that Lorient have struggled with in my humble opinion since the days of, of Lecomte is a is a competent goalkeeper and I thought Paul Nardi would be it and obviously we know how that ended that didn't go down well last season was a, an absolute nightmare for keepers I feel like I'm in in Vogo I don't know if you've seen the save towards the end that he makes um, but that was a match winning save and I feel like he's going to be really important if if Lorian are to to have a, a decent season and stay clear of the of the drop and uh, a couple of debuts as well that, that were decent in that game. So, but I am also hiding behind the sofa with the transfer window looming because there's still a few players <coughs> and LFA, mm-hmm. who I'm very concerned that they might still lose. But um, speaking of players that people might lose, Phil, are you, are you um, clutching uh, your Teji Savanier uh, doll at the moment? Because uh, <laughs> me on this, I what a goal, by the way, to, to win the game against Troyes, 3-2 from Montpellier and Savannah with we two are, goals. We're talking about a second, yeah? yeah? Oh, yeah, naturally, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the first was was comedy goal, which oh, trickled, hello. trickled yeah. in, but yeah. So, yeah I, I hope we can keep him, but I, you know me. I am, I am scared by this whole situation. I think that Game you had four goals in the opening twenty minutes it was just chaos. But yeah, a double for Savannier, and uh, hopefully that will uh, that will continue. 
But I am always nervous about what's going to happen. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, him him celebrating in front of the empty uh, Atangdal stand because there must have been some administrative thing which meant all of the ultras had to relocate to the Mediterranean stand. So it all could be. But I hope, I hope that we can we can stick with that because after the last couple of seasons, you sell your best attacks every season. We talked about the board the lot if um, junior Sambia went in the summer. If we lose Savani as well, that's going to be bad. So, is it? Do you feel? Um, I'll ask you this, Jess. Why not? Do you, Do you feel with a player like Savani? You know, I don't. I don't like using English metaphors on this pod because we're a French pod. But the best example I can use is is like a Matt Letizia, um or his views, by the way, aside. Um, where a, where a player just just fits a club and he fit Southampton for all those years and he was just you know the guy and you could never see him playing anywhere else. Is it that the case a little bit like with Savanier or is there a case where you you do the Andy Delore and because you wouldn't have imagined him for example playing anywhere else but Montpellier at the time he seemed to have settled there and he's gone to Nice and done good things. Is it that case where for the likes of Savanier and, and other players of his ilk where this is their opportunity now they either take it or they maybe regret that jump when they have the opportunity to, to go to a, a bigger club, no offence to Montpellier. And I don't actually know who would be in the market for a Savannah, but is this that time that he needs to take advantage now? I think that, um, I mean, I, I, I haven't seen clubs even connected with him, which is a little bit of a surprise, but I mean, he, he obviously did well at Nîmes before going back to Montpellier. So it's not like he's, you know, you could say maybe he's a one region man. I don't know, but he's not a one club man. Um, I I guess with him, maybe it's more an age thing. And it was only sort of, you know, age 27, 28 that he kind of exploded, um, if you like, at Nîmes. Um, mm. And so maybe it's, I don't know, because, you know, <laughs> Arnautovic maybe going to Man United and Ronaldo and Messi still around and you know Milan generally seems to be a graveyard of of people over 30 so there's definitely still a, a place in the market for players like that but I think he's probably just slightly unfortunate maybe in that as Ligue 1 players go maybe people sort of associate it with you know if we're going to go to Ligue 1 it's usually for some kind of 17-year-olds, not a 27, 30-year-old. So mm. maybe he's just not fashionable enough and people aren't sort of scouting him enough and, and just think it's not, you know, it's a bigger risk than than bringing in a little kid and, and being able to kind of mould them in the way you want to from a, from a very young age. But I think he'd be able, I think he could do a really good job at a lot of clubs and, uh, you know, being very flippant, I think Man United could do a little bit, could do well with a, with a player of his character if they're going to look abroad at 30 plus year olds. Mm. Um, well, they've bought Rabiot, so... Yeah, that's the talk today. And, and Ericsson over the summer, who's, you know, we, we love the fact that he's well and playing football, but 
would be fair to say he's he's up there in age now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rabio's a but weird one. But they think, bought yeah, I mean, Rabio. I don't think they bought him yet, but I think I'm not comparing him to Rabio. I think you know we know about all the stuff that comes around Rabio, but I still think that he is a fantastic player when he wants to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't have huge issues with that, but I just think, as I said, I think Man United probably at the moment need characters and the kind of players that can get stuck in and create and score, rather than someone that can be flaky and I think Savanier would be exactly the <laughs> kind of player that would sort of you know put some people right in the in the changing room and, and just change the sort of mindset there um yeah. I'm not necessarily saying United should be looking at him but I'm just saying were it to happen I, I think they could do a hell of a lot worse I think you know I think he's better than McTominay or Fred you're better than what's on the thread, Jess, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do agree. And and one thing, Tezzi is one of those players that wherever he goes or stays, you just want him to play the football he was playing on, on Sunday because there's something about Tezzi in the sunshine. It just works. Um, and, a, you know, for, for what it's worth, the, you know, you could say, well, he hasn't been tested at a high level. I suppose you could say, well, you know, he got into the France squad in the Olympics, but that was only because, yeah. uh, you know, nobody else did. Else dropped out or was well, to drop out but he was fantastic i mean he was yeah. the only pretty much the only bright spark at the olympics so no, i i don't want this to sound too kind of emotional or anything but i think it meant an awful lot for savannah mm. to to play that because he is from Montpellier. He comes from a shit-down family. He was himself saying he was the first shit-down to play, to kind of be called up. It was really a proud moment for him. And around the corner from me, there is a mural on a wall, which is Teshi Zerania in his Montpellier colours. And it was put up in, I think, 2019. And if you know graffiti in Montpellier, uh, you'll know stuff gets covered up. But this has not been touched in three years. Yeah. Because he is... He is... He uh, is... He loves this place and this place loves him. I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice way to describe it as well, the, the beating heart of Montpellier. Um, and then I think that is, I mean, I think Tony Vera was a Gitan, so he played for France. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I think in the Olympics, possibly okay. it was uh, the first. But that's the thing. I mean, you look at his career, as you said, from Montpellier's only really played for Arles, Neiman, Montpellier. So very much, not yeah. even sort of restricted <laughs> to France, but restricted oh, cool. to a particular area of France. So there might be an element of that. But yeah, I think the fact is, I think it comes down to a bit of snobbery. And I suspect that even in terms of Deschamps, I'm absolutely convinced that the first time I saw him asked about Savanier in a in a press conference, he wasn't even 100% sure who they were asking him. He was asking him about, yeah. Yeah, it always takes you back to that day of um, of uh, 
uh, what's the Dutch um, Van Hal when he talked about Mike Smalling? It, it just it just makes me laugh that that managers of that high degree don't necessarily know who certain players are. But um, yeah, I think for all French fans, we we're kind of hoping that he sticks around for sure. Um, I know you don't like transfers, Phil. So uh, Jez, you get the 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 stick on this one. I'm afraid we we. I'm not going to sort of focus too heavily at this stage because it is only the 8th of August. We've got a whole another three weeks left to go yet. But was there any performances on that opening day that you looked at and you went, oh, that's got a whiff of uh, 97 million bid from Newcastle coming in? Um, <laughs> I'll just chuck two names at you that I immediately thought that of. Uh, Jonathan David was one straight away. He looked really at it for me. Looked like a player who was quite keen to stick himself in in the front and centre of, of things. Um, the, the other one that maybe you might not think I would necessarily go for, I, I thought Diop looked really good for Monaco. And I, I know that he scored, of course, but it's the performance as a whole. I know he may not be like the fashionable name that I could have picked, but he was one that I just looked at and thought, oh, I wonder somebody's looking for a young player to invest in. They were the two that stood out for me. If there's any others that you noticed, go for gold. But any that you... I think we might be clinging on for dear life again in, in a few weeks' time. I mean, D- David, I'm surprised he's still there because he looked sort of nailed on to be leaving. I guess it might have been that he didn't have a great second half of last season, so maybe it put people off a little bit. And and yeah, he, I'm not saying that he wasn't trying and that now he's suddenly up for it, but he obviously had a good start to the season. I thought the first goal was a, a really lovely finish. Mm. Um, and... Um, yeah, I still wouldn't be surprised if he ends up wearing red and black stripes, for example, by the end of by this time next month. Um, so, yeah, yeah mean... I think he's definitely one. Obviously, Seco Fofana talking about midfielders with a little bit of character and sort of forward impetus. I think he could improve a lot of a lot of teams in, mm. in the Premier League, let alone anywhere else. Um, you surprised he's still there, by the way, because I'm again. He's another one. It's just gone really quiet, isn't it? Along with the three three lads from Ren, it just seems like nobody's coming for him at all, is it? Yeah, I'm really surprised. Um, I thought he'd be exactly the kind of player. I mean, I I said before on lots of other podcasts that I do think midfield is one of those sort of more. Um, I think when midfielders go to England, it's a lot more hit and miss than other positions I don't know if it's because you expect midfielders to be a lot more mobile and and the, the ones that sort of expend the most energy and I think that's the big difference it's not the physicality but it's more the sort of stamina and the non-stopness of the Premier League that I think some adjust to um usually the ones that end up at Spurs which I'm sure you'd be pleased about but um <laughs> less about them the better <laughs> but um I am surprised you know I think he, he did well in Italy He's done fantastically, obviously, at Lens. Um, my friends at GFFN have certainly given given him a lot of exposure by making him number one in the in the GFFN hundred for for twenty twenty one. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm surprised he's still there. Um, who was the other one you mentioned? Uh, who was the other one? I, other than, um, Diop at, at Monaco was the other one that stood out for me. There, there's a few. I mean, you 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 could go down the list of teams even as low uh, down the table as we said like a couple of the Lorient boys uh, Lorente is kicking around and Lefay is mm. kicking around there's there's a lot of clubs that are swooping or, or circling and I just feel like 
I, I don't know about you, but I, I would rather this window just be shut before the season starts. We all know where we stand. Like, it must be a nightmare time for, for clubs, especially in France, where you know that clubs are going to come in and, and snaffle up players. But oh, yeah, Shut the window. Shut, shut, shut that door. Catch the picture. <laughs> shut the window. Yeah, I, I, I think it. You know, I assume that like everything else, like you know, the result, the penalties that went Leon's way, or the penalty that decision that went Man United's way, just to go a little bit hmm. procure there. You know, I think everything in football is caters towards the bigger clubs or the bigger leagues or whatever, and and you know, I think having a transfer window that closes once the season starts suits the Premier League and doesn't suit Liga, so it's only ever going to go one way. But I, I don't think it's ideal. I don't think it's fair. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think we're, we're sort of very much... A lot of teams are sort of still very much in the unknown as the, as the season starts. But um, and, it, and it works both ways, doesn't it? I mean, you know, there's still plenty of business for... Liga teams, so I'd say we've seen Renato Sanchez move to PSG this week. That was the kind of undercover secret. Apparently, the latest one is the Napoli midfielder Fabian Ruiz, I believe, coming into yeah, PSG. Yeah, I mean, from well. what I've seen of, of him, I think he's fantastic. He's I, I'm still not, I still don't think Sanchez is all that, but yeah, um, he needs Ruiz to be fit, is, doesn't Ruiz, he? That's well, there's that as well, but I think Ruiz is fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, agreed. So yeah, seems... I mean, there's definitely a lot of very talented players. I mean, Diop for me, I'm not. He's one of those players that I'm just not sure what he does best. Mm, yeah, he's fine. really good. He does a little mm-hmm. bit of everything, but I'm not sure what he does best. And there were rumours he was possibly wanting out because I think he sort of dropped out of the first team at the near the end of last season. So you know, good for him taking his chance. Now he's back in definitely, but I'm not sure. Also, just to for what it. Again, just if we're talking Premier League, looking at him, he just looks a little bit lightweight, which maybe is unfair. But mm. uh, if he was going to go somewhere, I think he'd be another one that would sort of thrive in in Germany, for example. But yeah, that's a shout. Yeah, yeah, that is a shout. Um, and there's, there's a few players in that Monaco team you could look at and go. There's a few that are right for the picking there. Um, but yeah, we shall we shall see. Um, intrigues, intrigues. I'm surprised to, to be honest. I'm surprised to lose have kept so much of. Their team together and yeah. especially um Van der Boomen. Van der Boomen, yeah. Yeah, who assisted yet again for the yeah. for Dillinger at the weekend. Yeah. He's uh because I don't think he's not actually that old either, is he? I don't believe checks notes, checks notes. Twenty seven, okay. So he's a bit a bit older than I thought he was. But yeah, he strikes me as a guy who he's on the fringes of the the um uh Dutch national team as well, isn't he? I believe. So yeah, I, I'm surprised that he stayed. And they've got a few good youngsters as well, that Toulouse. I didn't realise how young their midfield was. So, yeah, there's a couple there. And the boy Delinga who got the goal was apparently is, is quite a highly rated player as well. So, yeah, interesting. Um, plenty of business to be done. So, yeah, maybe we'll save that for the last week of the season where basically we'll have to rip up all our notes and start all over afresh when everybody's got 14 <laughs> different new players. Um, right. Well, that was the weekend that was in League R. We are going to naturally have a look ahead to the games ahead. Um, actually, did, did, did well, do we want to mention the gang goal in, in League R? You, you mentioned it, Jez, pre, pre-record. For anyone who hasn't seen it, did you want to give a play-by-play as to what we missed from League R from the weekend? Yeah, I think um, I can't remember if it was a corner or free kick. Went into the area, was sort of semi cleared, then semi cleared a little bit further, <laughs> and then 
yeah Livolon is is about I mean literally about 40 yards out something like that and I saw someone call it a half volley and from my sort of limited (laughs) level of football that I play a half volley is there's nothing sweeter than hitting a good half volley but actually I think it's not easy but relatively easy whereas a proper volley Mm. this was like I'm not quite going to say Zidane against Leverkusen angle, but he had to get his leg up to reach the ball. It was it was not a half volley and it was not a straightforward volley. And from 40 yards out, he just smashed it into the top corner. Mm. And it was one of those ones where as soon as it left his foot, you could oh, see you where knew. it was going. Yeah, you knew. You knew exactly where it was going. And yeah. it's worth checking out also for the commentary as well. I mean, yeah. The, the commentator, yeah, because... I don't know if he's a Gangon fan, but he sounds like he's crying. The <laughs> verb that he uses, I still can't make out what it is, but I'm not entirely sure it's a completely clean verb about what he wants to do for the goal. Because uh, well, I, well, I didn't know the name of the player, so I was just hearing the commentator say, le volant, le volant, which means flying. <laughs> In French, it means flying, and of course, it's Livolon who yeah. hit it, and that was the name they were shouting. But Livolon and Prosper, there's your thing. Oh, very good. Very good. But yeah, it was that it sounded like they were saying, That's a screamer, that's a flyer, that's mm. flying in, and that did it justice because that was beautiful it really was and it's a gang goal top by the way it was a winning goal it wasn't just a great goal weekend it's two wins out of two for them and interestingly enough Bordeaux also uh, with a win this weekend three nearly way at Rodé so they're on minus points because of Admin. Yes. That good old French admin that only Bastia can speak of them. Yeah. Less said about that, the better. Um, for those interested, I'm sure Jez is Khan Metz is the, the evening game for tonight. So uh, I'm sure you'll be tuned into that one, uh, Jez, because Metz got off to a good start with a win at the start of the season. So we shall see where Ligue 2 goes uh, later on in the uh, well, end of the summer, start of the winter. We'll I see where we are. I mean, it's a little bit early to say, but I saw someone tweet about mess. The problem is with mess is they're the Real Madrid of League 2 and the mess <laughs> of League 1. <Ligue. laughs> oh, very good, very good. Yeah, the Real Madrid of League 2. There's a there's a, yeah, a word or there's a phrase, I should say. Anywho, um, so before we go, we will have a look ahead to uh, week two or weekend two, if you will. Um, the season's going to get very confusing very quick. But what I can tell you is Friday the 19th, I believe it will be of August. Hang on, check style. Well, no, 12th, sorry. Um, I've, I've got so excited, I've skipped to week three. Uh, the 12th, you're quite right, Phil, of... Um, of the weekend's action starts with Nantes against Lille, which is the Friday night game. Might be a little bit of fun, that one, to be fair. And Monaco against Rennes, speaking of, is the Saturday 4pm game. Uh, PSG Montpellier, that's one for you, Phil, on Saturday yeah, night. We will be watching um, Chef to avoid... <laughs> so you don't have to hide behind the sofa. At 
I shall uh, I shall be trying to keep on touch with that one. Um, and then Sunday, I shall certainly be keeping in touch with the 12 p.m. game, which is Lorient hosting Lyon. Um, and then on the two o'clock uh, collection of games and multiplex, we've got Ajaccio against Lens. We've got Auxerre against Angers. That's a classic fixture, isn't it? If I ever saw that, that's got 1-1 one, one or 0-0 nil, nil written all over it. You heard it here first. Uh, Rouse against Clermont. Trois against Toulouse is the other game on the 2 p.m. And then we've got Nice against Strasbourg on uh, 4.05 p.m. And this will surprise everyone. I'm sure it will shock you, <laughs> Jess. Marseille are on the telly on Sunday night as they go away to Brest. Um any of those tickle your fancies, ladies and gentlemen, or lady and gentlemen, I should say. Um, don't want to talk at once. Um, <laughs> Monaco Wren. Yeah, Monaco. Yeah, I'll, that's... I'll go Monaco Wren. Yeah. Nice Strasbourg might be a bit... on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. I, uh, weirdly, the, the non-Lille game Friday night under the sort of almost lights because we've still got some summer evenings to go, but that one kind of intrigues me a little bit. Nantes, you know, like we mentioned, they're drawn the opening day. Lille, is it just the fact that Fonseca played or says, as you were saying there, Jez, or is this the, the, the start of the grand dynasty at, at Lille once again? Might be worth a watch Friday night. So we shall we shall see. But as usual, we'll, we'll keep across all the games as we always do. And we will give you as best a possible rundown as we can this time next week. But... I think we have reached the end of this particular podcast. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in as always. I say this every week, but if you do have any questions or talking points or anything that you want us to uh, to have a little chat about, feel free to use the uh, Twitter and uh, get in touch. We will do our best to get to any of those questions that you may have. If not, we will just waffle on regardless because we always find something to talk about. <laughs> so um, hopefully, Jez, a uh, good weekend will be capped off with a Mets win for you tonight. But uh, thank you for joining us this evening. And well done to Brighton, naturally, as well, this weekend. That would be lovely. Thank you. No problem at all. And uh, Phil, try and uh, position the sofa so that you can at least peek at PSG and Montpellier on Saturday night. Uh, best wishes. Uh, I feel like you might need them with PSG looking quite ominous. But you never know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she says. <laughs> but thank I, you for I've joining got us. the wine in. I'll be fine. Might be needed. Might be needed. And uh, and I shall very much look forward to watching the Leon game with Lorient on Sunday. But until then, thank you as always for joining us. We appreciate it muchly. Without you, there will be no point. Of course, whatever you're up to this weekend, in or out, enjoy your French football, and we'll speak to you very soon.